<clears throat> okay, recording. You have a story to tell, and maybe you've thought, I should start a podcast. Meet Anchor. It's a powerful app that lets you record a podcast anywhere and get it heard everywhere. All you need to do is download the free Anchor app and hit record. Just go to anchor.fm slash get started. Your story matters. Make a podcast with Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash get started. Great. I think we got it. What's up, guys? We're going to do this podcast. My name is Solomon Ali, at Solomon Ali NBA on Twitter. I'm really excited for you guys to hear the show today. We have on Tony Jones of The Athletic to discuss this 2021 draft. Uh, from the top of the draft, where Houston has the second pick, to the bottom of the first round, where the Houston has 23 and 24. Uh, we're going to be discussing all the possible prospects Houston could be selecting at those spots. But first, I want to talk about something I said on the last podcast that really got a lot of people upset. Uh, I basically suggested that I, I liked Jalen Suggs as a prospect more than Jalen Green. And while I still be- believe that, I think in the process of, of saying that, I may have denigrated Jalen Green as a prospect or made it seem as if I didn't think he was a great prospect. Like I obviously do believe he's a great prospect. I think Suggs, Green, Mobley, all these guys are worthy picks at the number two spot. And what I was just trying to say is I prefer Suggs as a prospect over Green because of his playmaking and defensive abilities. Not that... Jalen Green can't be a really great NBA player. If anyone took that from that podcast, that is not what I meant. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would still probably pick Mobley at number two if I were Houston, but I'm definitely open to it being a debate. I mean, there's a reason that Suggs, Mobley, and Green are all kind of in the same tier after Cade Cunningham in this draft, and that there really isn't a consensus number two overall pick. So, that's all I really wanted to clear up before we got to the show. I really hope you guys enjoy it. We got really deep into the weeds with this. And yeah, guys, now on to the show. And we are back, joined by Tony Jones, who covers the Utah Jazz for the Athletic. Tony, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So as everyone knows, the NBA draft is in a month, and the Rockets have three first-round picks, t- number two, number 23, and number 24. And I am not someone who watches college basketball or studies the draft extensively. I'm really someone who watches the tournament until my Cougars get eliminated, and then I check out. And then for the draft, I just... Re- you have a long run today. You have a long run this year, then. I did. I did. I was very happy about that. And, you know, all, all I wanted for them was to make the Elite Eight, and they, they surpassed my expectations. So I'm happy about that. Um... But I'm I'm really someone who just like reads up on the draft and then watches video like two weeks before. That's all I do pretty much, and that's I do that pretty much as a hobbyist. I'm, I don't cover it. I don't you know I don't write about it. I just I do it for fun. So that's why I have Tony on here today. The draft is really your wheelhouse. You're someone who in addition to, in addition to covering the Jazz actually watches college basketball and knows these prospects in and out. Right. So let's go ahead and start at the top. Cade Cunningham is the near consensus number one overall pick. In your opinion, is that an open and shut case? Yes, in my opinion. Cade is, uh, without a doubt, the um, uh, the, the best and most rounded uh, prospect in the draft. And at, and at 
you know, one of the most important positions as well. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I think that we're probably getting to a point where like Detroit's going to draft him and there's not really going to be much fanfare. I think I think all the smoke about them considering other players is just smoke and they'll end up selecting Kate Cunningham. Number two is really where it gets interesting because while Evan Mobley is the odds-on favorite for this spot, there's been considerable debate with some of these other prospects, namely Jalen Green and Jen Suggs. In your opinion, is that debate warranted or should Mobley be a lock at this spot? No, at two, for me, it's a, it's a debate. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really like Jalen Green. And I really like Jalen Green uh, for the Rockets. And I, I think Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. could be just absolute dynamite together because um, KPJ uh, has has proven this year to me that he can play the point guard. So there's, there's not much of a doubt in my mind that, that KPJ and Jalen Green can both play with each other especially in staggered situations. Um, and, you know, my, my thing with, with KPJ is, you know, the talent is unquestioned. Uh, it's just about, you know, how he, you know, can, can, can he mature? And can he mature into, you know, what he needs to mature into to be the, the kind of player that he can become? Um but I, I really, really, really like Jalen Green for the Rockets because he is uh, just super dynamic off the dribble. Um, you know, he's six five, six six. His shot making, even at this, even at this age, is is insane. He he's somebody that I think could come in and average twenty points a night uh, right off the bat, especially. Um, you know, especially at the pace of play with the number of possessions that Steven Silas wants to play at. I really like Evan Mobley. The, the thing that I like about Evan Mobley is that I think that he can play the four in today's NBA, which makes him really, really unique uh, because of his size. Um, I think he can guard the perimeter. Um, I think he's an elite, absolute elite um, rim protector and an elite rebounder. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so intrigued by Jalen, Jalen Green with, with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I, I think that Jalen Green could be one of the best two guards in the league and, and not a, not a, not a, uh, not a long amount of time. And I think that if he and Kevin Porter Jr. um, figure out, a, a way to really play with each other. I I, I think that I, I would I would probably go Jalen Green instead of Evan Mobley. That's interesting because uh, I I believe on Chad Ford's podcast uh, you said Evan Mobley was your number two, but you believe Jalen Green's a better fit for the Houston Rockets in particular. Right, I said Evan Mobley was my number two on Chad's podcast before the lottery results came out. Right, makes sense. So, you know, and and when I said that, when I when I said that I would pick up number two, that was for Cleveland, mm-hmm. and you know it's a you know Cleveland situation in terms of their personnel is different than Houston's uh, situation in terms of their personnel, and 
you know, I, I, I think that Jalen Green and Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs and, and Jonathan Kaminga are all pretty much on the same tier of a prospect. You can't really go wrong with any of them. So, you know, when when you have when you have guys, you know, that closely together, you know, some people prefer one guy, some people prefer another, but they're all in the same conversation. Like they're all you know, they're all potential all stars to me, uh, slash potential all NBA guys. So when you have those guys on one tier and in the same conversation, then it becomes about fit. And you know, I thought that Evan Mobley fit better with Houston. I mean, with Cleveland, um, because you know Cleveland's already got Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro and, and Darius Garland. Um, so you want to act actually bolster the front front court. And I thought that Evan Mobley could play is capable of playing with Jared Allen. Um, but you know, I, I think you know there's a, a natural. Um, there's a natural need for, you know, somebody on, for a dynamic perimeter guy in Houston uh, that can that can really just go and and and, and get buckets. And the thing about Jalen Green, um, I think he's a worker, and I think that he's going to be a guy that can uh, develop uh, the other the other uh, parts of his game. And and you know, I I, I can just imagine you know just two six six guys in the same backcourt with the, the athleticism of Green and, and, and Porter, the scoring acumen, the ability to beat people off the dribble, the ability to make shots, uh, and, and, and the, uh, the, the uh, killer mentality of both of those guys, uh, I, I think you could develop into one of the best backcourts in the league. Yeah, I will say this. like I do agree that it's a toss-up between Mobley and Green. Um, but if there's one guy that makes me nervous on passing on, if I'm Houston, it's Suggs. And I think... He has one of the highest floors in this draft. He's a really good defender, a good passer, a good athlete. And the intangibles are clearly there. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up being like a franchise point guard for Toronto and ends up being like the second player in this draft. Is that crazy to say? Am I too high on him? Well, the thing with, with Jalen Suggs is I, I, I think that he's got a chance to be a special point guard franchise point guard in this league, all-NBA guy. Um, I want Kevin Porter to be my point guard because he's that good with the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, Jalen Green can play without the basketball. And I, I think Jalen Suggs can also play without the basketball, but um, at the at the same time, you don't want to take the basketball out of his hands either. And and that's that's the thing. Like, I, I it, this is all about Kev, what Kevin Porter Jr. proved when you know Houston went and got him for nothing, right? Like they got him for a box of Ritz, Ritz crackers. <laughs> they put the ball in his hands, and the guy really developed into you know really a you know James Harden light if you want to be if you want to be real with it, and. You know, I I don't want to take the ball out of Kevin Porter Jr.'s hands. Like I want the I want the rock in his hands, and you know I think that Jalen Green is 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 more complimentary as a player in terms of skill set to Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, than Jalen Suggs is. So that that's the separator for me. 
That's interesting. Right now, for me, if I if I had to pick between all four of these prospects, I would probably lean uh, Evan Mobley, and it's just the coordination he has as a big man. Like he's a seven footer who plays more like a power forward slash small forward. Like he's got ball handling ability. He's got nice sight, nice soft touch around the rim. Like he's got that baby hook down with both hands, which is really impressive. And he's got like a pretty good looking jumper. Like I don't think he'll end up shooting threes at a high clip in the NBA, but I think he may end up one of like one of those guys who shoots like 45 to 50% in the mid range, like LaMarcus Aldridge, most spades. Like I, I, I'm surprised he wasn't taking more mid range jump, mid range jumpers in college. Like he actually hit them at a pretty high clip. Like, and he's a pretty good passer, which leads me to believe that operating out of the, out of the elbow would actually be a natural fit for him. Like maybe not like Jokic level, obviously, but whatever level existed before Jokic became an MVP, he's that level of passer. Like he finds cutters and shooters open all the time from that elbow and the post-up spot. And he's a pretty good defensive player. Like he protects the rim. He's a good shot blocker and he can move his feet and switch a little bit. And it's funny watching some of these guards try and take him off the dribble. Like he's just staying with them. And in the modern game, he's like the perfect kind of defensive big man you want. And I should also mention, he's like an advanced stats monster. Like his plus minus numbers were ridiculous. Like USC was way better with him on both ends of the floor than without him out there. Uh, and I just find that um, way more telling than any of his box score numbers. He just impacts winning. So if, if it were me personally right now, I would probably select Mobley. But I do think all these guys have a case. This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter and your life easier. And now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras. So you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. If you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Say, show me my driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash this is home. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit on, on, on a couple of things that you said about Mobley. Number one, you said that he was a good defender. He's, he's an elite defender. Um, he's, he's an elite rim protector. He's an elite defensive rebounder. And he is very, very good uh, defensively on the perimeter. Um, and he, you know, he's got a better mode. He had a better motor at USC than he did in high school. His, the knock on him in high school was, you know, you know, how, what was his motor going to be? And and he went to USC and his motor was fine. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the Trojans advanced as, as far as they did. Um, and the second thing that I'll push back on is I'll, I'll be surprised if he doesn't develop into a really good three-point shooter. Um, especially, especially from the corners and possibly above the breaks because uh, he can really shoot the ball. He's got a great form. Uh, great stroke. He, you know, I, I don't know what his free throw numbers are off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's in the 75% range. Um, he's used to playing, facing the basket, um, picking pops. He can put the ball on the floor. 
he can grab a rebound and 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 and, and dribble it the length of the floor for you. Um, there's just not much that Evan Mobley can't do on on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, he's and and you know you watch him and you know he can. I think he can easily play the four in the NBA. Um, so he can play with Christian Wood, um, and and he can play with Jay Sean Tate, and he can obviously play the five as well. Uh, and you know he's he's just a really well-rounded uh, prospect, and he, he you know like you said he's he's kind of like one of the proto there there are two prototypes right now who aren't in the NBA uh, that are the that are the you know or I would say three actually that are the modern prototype today big men that you want. And one is Evan Mobley, two is Jalen Duran, and three is Chet Holmgren. Um, and you know, you get those guys, you know, and, 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 and those guys are going to be able to, to transform, you got transform, you know, a franchise on, on both ends of the floor. Yeah. And I wonder like for all the people that are nervous about drafting him number two, if you just erased the center next to his name and just showed him as a basketball player, like I wonder like how, how people would view him differently. Cause I, th- I get the feeling that's what really makes them nervous, right? People are really nervous. There's a stigma about drafting centers at the top of the draft. And I just wonder if you, if that wasn't next to his name, like if you, if people just watched his tape, cause he moves like a guard, like if people just watched him, like I wonder how people would view him differently. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, that's when you have to just, you know, you trust you trust your scout, right? And you know, he, you know, he he played, you know, facing the basket. You know, he, you know, he he rebounded the ball. You know, he pushed in transition. Um, but he's he's such a good defensive player, um, for for today's M- NBA, and and you know. I don't think that five outs are going to bother him. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that can move his feet, stay in front of guards, uh, and, you know, stay in front without fouling. Um, and, and he's an absolute tremendous rebounder uh, on both ends of the floor. And, and, he's, and he's super skilled. Like, he's very, very skilled, very athletic. You know, the, he's got to get a little bit bigger. and He's got to get stronger. He's got to. He's got to put his time in the weight room. You can say that about any prospect. Um, but there, there aren't many weaknesses when I look at Evan Mobley for, for, for you know, what, what his basketball skill set is. Yeah, I think if there's anything that would prevent me from for prevent him from being successful in the NBA, it is what you mentioned. It's, and I'm a little concerned about the weight. Like, he wasn't rebounding at, like, you know, above, crazy above average numbers in, in yeah, USC. And there are guys kind of pushing him around a lot, and it it just there just seems to be an assumption that he'll put on a ton of weight when he gets to the NBA. But I'm not sure his frame is able to handle all that weight. Like obviously he'll put on some weight. He's real thin right now, so he's naturally going to put on some weight. But I think defending bigger bigger guys like Embiid and Jokic might be a problem for him in the future. Well, the way the spacing is in the league, I mean, it's going to help a guy who you know has a Chris Bosh kind of you know. Uh, frame and and that's that's Evan Mobley's comparison. Even though I would say he's you know a lot more athletic than Chris Bosh was at the same stage. Um, you know, in in um, I think the space helps. You know, I think the fact that 
you know, nobody's really trying to, to go back to the basket in today's league outside of maybe, you know, outside of Embiid. You know, I think that really helps. Um, you know, so, you know, he's got to get bigger and stronger for sure. But, you know, the the weight, the weight and the lack of weight and the lack of size isn't going to be as big a detriment to him right now as it would have been 10 years ago or 15 or 20 years ago. So, you know, I, I think he's got got a lot to work on in terms of, of what his body is, but um, I don't think it'll stop him from coming in and, and, and making an impact right away. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, let's talk about some of these guys at the bottom of the, of the first round. So the Jazz have the 30th pick in this draft. So I know by virtue of having to cover this team, you're probably already familiarizing yourself with players in this 20 to 30 range. Um, first of all, like how deep is this class and how likely is Houston to find a pretty good prospect at 23 and 24? Um, I, I think that Houston can find a good prospect at 23 and 24. Um, you know, you know, somebody like, um, you know, maybe a Johnny Juzang is there or Trey Mann is there or Greg Brown is there. Uh, even a Cam Thomas, um, you know, there, there's going to be people there. Um, you know, I think the, the home run pick will be if Chris Duarte fell to 23, even though that, you know, my my thoughts are that Duarte's got a promise somewhere um, before 23. And, um, you know, I, I think if you look at, you know, if you look at what Houston likes in terms of, you know, athleticism, in terms of wings, uh, in terms of, you know, guys who can get up and down, shoot the basketball, defend, run the floor. You know, Greg Brown is a guy who, you know, you could take a take a swing on because he's he's a 1% athlete. Um, and, and he's somebody that, that, you know, can be developed. You know, Isaiah Jackson, uh, he, he's somebody, uh, Jaden Springer, you know, guys who really, you know, have a lot of, uh, who, who are really athletic, you know, maybe a Sharif Cooper if you want to go point guard or Ayo Basumo, um, or maybe even, you know, if a Kai Jones slips, you know, and you draft Jalen Green instead of instead of Evan Mobley, uh, you know, there, there are going to be guys that are there. It's, it's, it's a deep enough draft that, you know, you know, you don't have to worry about, whether there's going to be talent there. Uh, I really like Miles McBride. Um, you know, six, two point guard, six foot nine wingspan, uh, really good defender, you know, Bob Huggins guy, uh, from West, West Virginia, uh, gets into you defensively, really tough kid. Uh, I like him as well. I like Jared Butler. I mean, there, there's just so many guys, um, that, that I really like that, you know, um, I think there's going to be uh, there's definitely going to be uh, some uh, some options there for Houston. Yeah, I had some guys written down here that I, I think two of these guys are likely to get picked ahead, but three of these guys might be in their range. You mentioned some of them already. Uh, Kai Jones, Moses Moody, Trey Mann, uh, Zaire Williams, Chris Dorote. Those are some guys I really like for Houston if they get to that spot. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I think I think there are some guys in this draft that may fall. I mean, there's gonna there's obviously gonna be some reaches in the late teens, and at that point, there if you can get one of these guys to fall to you, you're pretty happy if you're Houston. Um, last question. This is kind of a homer one, but I'm curious, anyways. Like, where do you believe my guy out of Houston, Quentin Grimes, ends up in this trap? Because I know he had a killer combine, but a lot of these big boards didn't even have him listed before this week. Um, you know, I think he's. I think Quentin's a a uh, a possibility to the Jazz at thirty. Um, you know, I think if not, I think he's you know uh, obviously a, a early second round pick. Um, I thought he really helped himself with the draft combine, especially with with how he played. Um, you know, my my sources are telling me that he's not getting a lot of help from his guys. Uh, at Kansas in terms of, you know, Bill Self's not really speaking highly of him. And, and you know, I, I think that's kind of Bush League. And, and, and I, you know, frankly, I think that's bull****. But, um, you know, he's, he's a guy for me that, you know, I think showed a lot of resilience for his career. He went, uh, started at Kansas. You know, he's a, you know, top five kind of prospect. Um uh, he's a top five kind of prospect. Uh, he was a guy didn't work out of Kansas, uh, kind of reinvented his, his collegiate career. Uh, and, you know, and, and him and Jerome, uh, you know, basically led Houston to a final four. So, you know, he's a six, five guy, uh, he played a one, he could play the two, he can defend three perimeter spots. Uh, I, I expect him to, you know, be a late first, early second round pick, and I expect him to have a nice career in the league. That is crazy because, like, up until like two weeks ago, like he was listed in like the seventies. Some places didn't even have him in their eighties, and like he his combine really helped for sure. And in the tournament, he was a guy who just always hit the right shot at the right moment. Like, just always like ice in his veins. Whenever it was a key moment in the game, he would hit the right shot and and bring Houston back in it. A big reason they were in the final four, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and if he gets in the first round, that'd be a huge, huge win uh, for obviously U of H, but uh, him in particular because uh, his journey has been obviously really, really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, you know, I, I know that he has some um, some fans in the Jazz organization, and the Jazz have 30th pick. So I don't, you know, know for sure that you know he's anywhere near the top of of their big board or anything, but, you know, there are guys in the organization who have voices who, who speak, who think highly of him. Thank you so much for coming on, Tony. You can follow him on Twitter at T Jones on the NBA and read his work at theathletic.com. Anything else you want to plug Tony? No, I'm just kind of, you know, just, this just kind of staying out the way now that the season's over and, you know, and then, you know, we got like four or five weeks until the draft comes, draft starts and, free agency starts and summer league starts and it's kind of like right back to it yeah i can't wait i can't wait uh are you gonna be at summer league yes i will be there awesome awesome all right well i'll talk to you down the road man no problem